Hey guys, welcome to the Wild Weird. I'm here with my third time guest, Grant Wolf Willie. Woo! Am I am I the most returned guest? You are the most returned. I was actually supposed to Hell interview yeah. uh, my friend Eric today before you, but yeah. he woke up late, so he couldn't even come in. Mm. So I'm like, whatever, dude. We'll get it another day. Um, yeah. yep. But we are here talking about Grant's new project slash venture slash. This is gonna be fucking amazing. I'm so excited for it. Uh, I'll let you talk about it more, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I mentioned it on the last podcast, but I uh, I've been kind of um, toying with the idea of starting my own podcast, uh, just to kind of hop on the train and do something fun, and and uh, I tried to think about what what would be a cool idea to do, and I think it's a great idea. And uh, I'm, I just I'm, had deja vu, like in this moment, <laughs> I just literally had deja vu. For those, yeah, for those people that don't know don't, that don't know me, I uh, I'm pretty big into music, big vinyl collector, big music collector, and. Um, Essentially, uh, whenever I get a new album, I always make a point to to put it on and play it. And uh, when I do that, I always try to like dig in a little bit about the band history, about the artist history, and there's a lot of cool random shit. Like for example, uh, a while back I got um, Freddie Gibbs' album Pinata, right? Uh, and uh, great album, okay. But I never knew that like uh, the reason why he named that album Pinata. Is because that's how they used to smuggle drugs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> through pinatas. Yeah, but little little fun facts like that. Anyway, so that's why I would do it. So, anyways, when when brainstorming the ideas, I was like, you know, well, I I love kind of like crate digging, and then I love looking at band history and artist history and whatnot. So, decided to do one about that. So it's called the Wall of Wax, and um, I just started an Instagram. It's Wall Period of Period Wax. And uh, uh, the first episode comes out on the November 29th, and it's uh, the first episode's actually going to be about uh, John Fogarty and uh, CCR, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Oh my god! I, okay, oh, yeah. like if you, I, I feel like I just want to be a, like a sit-in fan when oh, you do these so ones because John Fogarty's is going to be like amazing. Oh god! And do you know what? Do what's crazy is so again, I, when I start, the other reason why I wanted to do a podcast period was also really for a selfish reason, which is kind of like I wanted to push myself a little bit harder than I normally would to dig into this passion, you know? And, uh, oh, my God. So I've watched just for this. This is what I'm going to do for every podcast. I've watched hours of interviews, uh, reading uh, um, articles that they've done. What are you doing? Your research. Uh, yeah, reading his book that he released. I mean, I'm in it. Whole nine yards. And... uh and so, anyways, it's it's really interesting. He that guy got fucked royally. Oh yeah, when he got when he was leaving the band. I think he's still trying to recover somewhat, isn't he? No, 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 no. He's he likes to talk about how he's been at peace for a while now. Really, since he remarried to his his wife now in ninety one. But um, basically, the remainder of the seventies and the eighties, he just got drilled hard. Like yeah. it was bad, you know. Essentially, because he was the talent of the group. You know, I don't know if people know that, but like, I think it's out of the 40 songs that they had on the top charts, only one or two of them were cover songs. Um, oh, yeah. And he yeah, wrote Suzy those songs? Q. I think it was just one. It was Suzy Q, which yeah. was on the first album, which is one of the reasons they blew up. But all the other hit songs, he wrote. He wrote every song. He was the lead guitarist. He mixed the album. He produced the albums. He, uh, um, was the lead singer obviously i mean he was the band 
essentially. I think of him as the band. Oh, like, dude. I feel like anybody who like <laughs> listens to CCR, I probably just thinks of John Fogarty. Like the yeah. sound, the attitude. Um, I can't name any of the other members. To be honest with you. Yeah. Well, the, they do. they ended up they ended up uh, two of the guys the the, the uh, drummer and the uh, bassist ended up um, going and uh, performing. Excuse me. Starting right after they got in, um, accepted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in '93. I don't want to give away too much because I want you to listen. Yeah, to my yeah, podcast. that's got to be. But they, but they ended up starting uh, Creedence Clearwater Revisited, you know, and basically doing all of the cover songs, uh, covering all of those songs. The so, former band members. Yeah, yeah. That's so insulting. John didn't though, and there's, so there's there's reasonings behind all of that. I mean, he got royally screwed. Yeah, and. Uh, but I mean, he still he still made it out on top, and he's a legend. So, but it's it's a very very interesting story that pieces that I never even knew before I started this project, and that was the whole reason why I I wanted to do this is for yeah. that is for what happened is to fa- is to find out these little hidden gems of of rock and roll or whatever you know music history. Yeah. But anyway, like I said, I cover all genres. So this week or that week, it might be uh, rock then or, or a specific. Um, you know, subcategory of rock, you know, maybe it might be punk, then it might be metal, then da da da. But then the next week I might cover jazz. The next week I might cover a blues band or an artist, you know, so on. Yeah. Have so, you thought of like maybe taking like, like when you get start getting a lot like more listeners, taking like requests from like fans? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, so, yeah. I, I, I just created like an, um, like a channel video, like an introductory video. Which you, I don't know if you've done, but you should do that. I should do that. Where you basically I'm are about like, fifteen episodes in, so I don't know if I yeah, <laughs> I get. But it doesn't hurt. Where you, be, hey, this, my name's Greg. You know, this is the uh, Wild Weird. My podcast is kind of free flowing. Let me ask conversation. you. I've, I've had this debate with myself recently about my last name, right? Because I have family members that listen to this podcast, and I've asked them, "What is the correct way to the What is the correct way to pronounce my last name?" Gun Galvez. I've Family members to say one way. Yeah, I have my dad that says another way, and I have another relative that says another way. I don't know how to pronounce my own last name. Like I think I'm pronouncing it right, <laughs> and then I've thought like, should I even like say my last name? You know, like when you're like, I'm not great at marketing, but like if is my last name marketable? It's Gonzalez. It's hard to say. Oh, I thought it was Goncalves. Yeah, it's, Goncalves. no, but it's spelled like Goncalves. Yeah. Right? Like when I was in elementary school, I shouldn't even say this, but when I was in elementary school, I lied and said my last name was Gonzalez. Because the lunch ladies stopped messing up on it, and I got free lunch for like five years from somebody else's name. Because there was a there was another person named Greg Gonzalez oh. that I had no idea at the time, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And thinking about it later, I was like, "That's why I got free lunch." I yeah. couldn't even sign up for it. But huh. um, I thought about that. Like, is my is last name marketable? Should I even care? I mean, I don't I don't put my last name out there. I yeah. mean, I guess if you it's tied to my other Instagram, so if you had to look yeah. me up, cool. But um, I mean, Greg's an easy name to remember. Yeah, I mean, but the whole idea is is that they know you for your podcast. Yeah, Greg from the you know Wild well, Weird. Exactly. That's I think that's more important. Dude, I'm so excited for this shit though. Like, I think just like yeah. just like you've already started off way better than I have. Like, just with initial ideas, pre- preparedness. Me, I'm not sure if you remember the first episode. I filmed it in my kitchen, talking to my wife on my cell phone. It was completely. Yeah, but see, your whole idea is about like free flowing conversation, like what we're doing right now. Yeah, like this is unscripted, so I'm gonna say, ah, oh, fuck, what was I thinking about, or what was I talking about? Especially as we're drinking beers. But with this, with mine, uh, you know, I, I, I have to be. I'm not scripted. You have to so, be organized. Yeah, it's not like I have word for word what I'm about to say, but I'm definitely taking. Like I have, 
um, three sheets of notes or four actually just for my first episode that I yeah. recorded. And it's only because like I don't want to say seventy five percent of the story and then realize oh shit I just forgot the most important part that belonged at the beginning of the story and exactly you know you that's have, too you late have, you have to stay organized that's yeah. where like mine is like and that's what I was kind of worried about when I uh, interviewed Joe from yeah. Toke I was like okay I've never had more than a two minute conversation with a man so I don't know how talkative he is um, I don't know like. I've never had to steer a conversation as much as I think because I can just ramble and my friends know me so they can pick up. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so now I got to think about how I'm going to steer a conversation, keep it engaging, um, kind of keep him going, not say the wrong things. I don't, I, I did a little bit of research. So I was like, I got to know about the guy. I, I know of yeah. him. It's like when you talk to somebody, when you go to a place and they know you by your name and you know them, yeah. but then you know absolutely nothing about each other's lives besides like, like we occasionally talked about like, me having just having a kid and then him just having a kid. So that was like the the most personal we ever got. So going into that, I found it really enjoyable having somebody to talk to that I didn't know. Because I was like, I learned I learned that the guy was a neuroscientist or a, a nuclear engineer. Yeah. Like crazy. I had no idea. That's crazy. And, and it would have never happened if I did it accidentally ask him, like, oh, why did you want to what made you want to do coffee? And he's like, Well, actually, it's not what I wanted to do. So like I'm learning as I'm going. And there's always going to be a certain amount of research, but like with you, with like what you're doing, you have to be organized because you're covering, a, you're basically doing like a live biography or like autobiography of a person to make sure that the fan, when they're listening, leaves with knowledge, like especially with the knowledge you have. So that's like, that's hard to do. And you kind of, notes are needed. But, but here, so here's where I'm really trying to, to, get the niche of my of my podcast that I'm trying to tackle okay which is why I think people are, might want to listen to mine over another and and it's because like what I'm trying to do is identify um these um these key events or, or specific like fun facts like I was saying the bar facts fun facts of of these events that are lesser known to the general public yeah because I've been watching film and da, da, da. because you could go and do a, a Wikipedia search about these bands and you could pick up like a good chunk of the story. And um, I don't want to do that. I, I want to. Yeah, of course, I want to tell their story, but I want to try to fill in some of these lesser known details that a lot of people might not know. And one thing and, you get is you get a little bit of a story like when you when you're looking at the records, like the, the record that was made in the 70s or 60s from the band and like you get more of a how do you say story of that time period with that band? Yeah. That might not necessarily be described on a Wikipedia. Yeah. Let me, let me give you one more example. And, and, and I'm, I'm trying to limit how much I gave away, obviously, because I want people to listen to my show. But, um, you know, like for example, I, I might go on little tangents, but they're actually like guided tangents, you know, like I, I, I'm specifically doing it for that reason. And, uh, for example, when I'm talking about uh, them getting signed to their first label, right? I could just say, yeah, they uh, they got signed with with uh, a record label named Fantasy, you know, and and uh, Fantasy Records, and then move on from there. Yeah. But I might divert for a second and say, what's crazy about that though is the fact that at the time, Fantasy Records was really just kind of doing mostly jazz. And then all of a sudden you got like a folky kind of bayou driven. Well, they rock got band. they got new ownership. A new guy bought them, and and da, 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 and 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 basically, there's there's little lesser known details within the facts that most people might know, and yeah. that's where I'm trying to 
pinpointing tackle there. So you might say, well, I knew that they were signed with Fantasy Records, but now I know why they got signed with Fantasy Records. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to get. Oh, dude, I'm so excited. Yeah. So, like, um, just the fact of, like, you telling your own story along with telling another group's story from multiple genres because it's like you are an individual who has a very eclectic taste in music. Oh, right? yeah. I like to think of myself as the same, except you're a little more researched into it, right? Like me, I'm all about the funk. Like if I had to, mm-hmm. if, if, if when it goes back to it, it all stems by music that makes me dance. Yeah. Right? It's all about feeling. I can't really describe a lot of it, but you're very eclectic and very like knowledgeable and can describe these things. And I think it's going to come across very well on your show. And you better, you better fucking invite me on this show. <laughs> of course, dude. I yeah, mean, I mean <laughs> you got to tell me advance so I can kind of do my research a little bit, but like, yeah, yeah, or it could yeah, be yeah. like a, I don't know, man. I'm just, it's going to be so good. And I'm so excited. I'm not, oh, and I mean, we could talk about this all day, but like from what you have shown me, like it's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. I, I'm I mean, excited it's, for it's, it. Like I said, it really a, a good chunk of fun for me is, is doing the research and just watching some of these, these interviews and whatnot. And, and what's, what's kind of cool is like when you're able to, okay. So if, again, it, it always, it's like, it's like a lot of people know the big picture, like, okay, yeah. I know this started here and then now they're here. Do that with you know with any band or artist that you love, okay? Exactly. You kind of know like a general idea of how they got to where they're at, but then uh, it's watching, like I said, these interviews and something that you kind of half heard, maybe in an article, they might briefly put like a, a like you know a little bit of detail to that within like a certain conversation, and then that starts filling in that gap, yeah. and then maybe you hear a little bit more about that, but a couple extra details in an interview from somebody else who was there. And so getting like a better 360 degree view of like events of, 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 of the band and yeah, and the artists and what, anyways, that's the fun part for me is actually piecing together a better picture of a story by checking out all these sources. Yeah. Whether it's his book or somebody's book or an interview or a podcast or a third eye account, you know, I wonder if he's done any podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on the not Opie and Anthony. He was on Opie and whatever and the with Norton, uh, Jim Norton, I think. Oh, that yeah, that's that's been out for. I mean, that was that a while was ago. an older go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's done other ones since then, but that was a good one where he kind of retells how he got screwed over. Is that show still watchable? Because I I've, I've heard about it from other podcasts, and I know they're no longer doing it. Uh, but like, is that can you still find episodes online? Maybe I'm gonna look into that. Yeah, I've, I've heard like they've had some good interviews. They've had comedians, artists, different people on it because that was a very big uh, podcast slash radio show. I think it was a radio show. Wasn't yeah, it? but I thought so. The thing is, is like I thought, um, like I said, it wasn't Jim Norton or Ant, some whatever his name was. Um, the other guy, he there's a couple moments within this interview where he said something that was kind of like a joke, like jokey. Because I thought he was like a comedian, but mm-hmm. maybe I'm wrong. And and uh, John was kind of like what, like nah, because he was really serious and yeah. he was kind of putting it like a like a like a like a fun, com- comedic spin on it, and it failed. <laughs> and so I mean, yeah, I mean it's kind of like it's kind of like how, that's the one thing about like Tom's Tom Segura's podcast is that he has his own uh, where he interviews people like Tom talks. Yeah, and it it actually was very like shocking to me in a good way. Where I watched a couple of those, and he was straight laced. Did he his knows research. how to communicate with the individual guests? Yeah, but he had like minimal com- comedic spin on it. It was really like informational and whatnot. I think it's incredible how good that Tom, how good Tom is 
at feeling out the people he's talking to. Yeah. Right? Because if obviously if he's talking to other comedians, he knows what he can be like. Yeah. Like there's a huge difference between Tom around Bert than Tom around uh Plaxical Beerez. Okay, but like, see, okay, so that's a good example. Bert, for example, Bert Kreischer. He he is almost too comedic to where like I can't imagine him doing like a serious interview with somebody. He tries, it's really effect. turns out yeah. not very great most but times. some people and it's just like with actors some actors can play us you know both a serious role and a comedic role yeah. you know like like i mean i don't know why he's the first one i thought of there's better but like mark Wahlberg, you know he can do comedy whereas like whereas personally like will ferrell to me he he you just see comedy when you look yeah. at him well, he doesn't even have to talk before you think it. He just looks comical. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so some people can't make going back to that to that interview. Some people, I think, can't make that switch. And Do you have it, Apple TV at all? No, no, I don't have Apple or anything. No, I gotta. Get, I'll give you my Apple TV so you can watch this show. I recently started watching this show called my. Uh, I think it's my ther- my psych- therapist next door or my. Some so basically, Paul Rudd pay, plays Will Ferrell's therapist in this right and it takes place okay. i think in like the 80s and will ferrell comes it's trying to play a serious role but ironically it comes off very comical with this character yeah paul rudd plays a douche asshole that's taken advantage of will ferrell and i was like paul rudd i can't take serious but in this you take him serious he seems like he could play suspense kind of like thrillers like i'm like oh he can go this yeah. i was very surprised you know when i think of paul rudd i think of like ant-man um Fuck I love you. Not I love you, man. Um, was he in I love you, man? Maybe he was. I think he might have been. No, he was in a forty. The this is oh, 40, forty year old virgin. Forty year old that. virgin. That's old, but um, this is forty. Knocked up. Yeah, yeah, that was it. And he was in um. He's comedic. Yeah, he's comedic. He's comedic. I'm just trying to think the movies he was in, but it's a very interesting show. I'll give you my Apple TV so you can watch that because it's like it it blew my mind on where Paul Rudd can go with this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like again, some people can make that switch, but in, in this interview, I, I didn't really, I don't ever watch that, that, that podcast or that show or whatever, but, uh, for the sake of research for my, for my podcast. Yeah. I've been checking out in general people's interviews and whatnot. Yeah. But half of them are like shitty interviews. I mean, like same thing with John Fogarty. I mean, there's ones from like the eighties, and the guy who was a no-name interviewer was fucking god-awful, terrible. Can you imagine having that opportunity? Like, you you get a note saying, hey, you're going to be interviewing John Fogarty tomorrow. Come with your shit, right? And this guy just does – it's like when people interview comedians for morning tel- like morning radio. Oh, and they yeah. just shit all over the comedian. It's like you, like, you can't just try to be professional, but, like, when John Fogarty shows up, you're like, okay, this could be a big deal. I would be excited. I don't even know if I'd be able to do the interview. I'd but here's, here's what's – and I and I kind of like kind of heard this from a like a, a, a what was it? It was a couple like uh, um, insider things on like YouTube that I saw. But for the most part, like some of these new up and coming people, and I don't know if it's the same way. I would imagine it's still the same way. These up and coming like um, broadcasters, you know, news people, interviewers, and whatnot. They they're basically like told, "Hey, this is what you're going to ask them." And there's some that are like they ask like outrageous shit that you're mm-hmm. like you have no right to like ask them that very yeah and and like you've seen like youtube compilations it happens more of, than it happens more than you think it would yeah where they're well they'll they'll say something and the person will be like 
why are you asking me that? Like, I'm, I'm out of this. They walk out of the interview. And that interviewer thinks it's being controversial. Like, this question's going to make, like, this is it. This is it. I get to ask the question that nobody gets to answer. But that's, see, that's what I'm saying, though, is is that sometimes I would like to think for the most part, and from what I've heard from a couple of those YouTube videos I saw on the insider shit, is they were saying, like, oh, yeah, we're, we're told you this is what you're going to ask them. Yeah. And it's like, you're either going to sink or you're going to swim. Like, it's going to, it's either, or excuse me, you're either going to sink terribly or it's going to skyrocket your career exactly because they actually answered it and most of the time it sinks it, most of the time yeah most of the time it's a you end up coming a youtube show. clip yeah you know but yeah i don't i don't know man i i, I there's 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 some god-awful like interviews where where they're with like you know a famous celebrity and it's just it's like yeah you how would you even think that was okay to ask? <laughs> right like, you're like hey so i saw i went to one of your shows once in new jersey and it was garbage, and I saw you leave with this girl. What'd you do with that woman? Like, yeah, <laughs> like stupid shit like that. I don't know. I, if I if I ever was an interview, I'd kind of want to be like Nardwall. Oh, well, God, Jordan, that'd be so dope, dude. I just wonder where he comes up with some of his material. So like the and then his guests always you can tell they're always having a good time. Well, but the thing they, he clearly, especially at this point, like has insider friends or whatever. Yeah. Like he maybe hit up that person's family member or what best friend, and they're like. Oh yeah, hey, this is he just told me this, you know, in secrecy. Yeah. And it's funny because like he'll go back to people he's interviewed before, because like, they talked about an album. He'd be like, "I got you the album." Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, some, there's like some what? Cool he just shows up once at like randomly at like uh, at somebody's call after a show, and he's like, "Remember we talked about this?" <laughs> They're yeah. like, "What the hell?" It's so awesome. But he's, I mean, I don't know if I'd be as dorky as him, but I definitely try to take that route where you're like. Yeah, you know, I, I saw an interview from 1991. You said that you loved this band, and so I got you their album. And yeah. it's like, Jesus. That's touching. Next level, yeah. That's like if me and you were talking, and I brought something up. Like, I, you know, I talked to I talked to you about how much I love, like, Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. Like, yeah. if you got, like, a bullet that was made of silver and gave it to, to me, I'd be like, this I is... Don't know, I don't know about that. That's I'm a like, little... I'm not a werewolf or a vampire, but <laughs> I'm like, I'm like at least you thought it'd be great. <laughs> I do try to do that though, like dude. I'll, like every time you come to my place, you bring me records. Well, that's because I have an overflowing amount of records. No, you don't have to give me your overflowing <laughs> amount. Like it's just like that's the thought, man. You sp it is spreading I, the love of music. I I actually am doing it, yeah, solely because, or excuse me, mainly because I, I I get joy in helping people. Like I feel like listening to the music by the Doobie Brothers should be playing in the background right now. It'd be like <laughs> perfect for this. I I think I I don't know, man. I I it's. When I growing up, so now we're gonna go on another topic here. Growing up, I've always been the kind of person that like the, I've always tried to be a, a person that I've always wished somebody would do to me, which is essentially just like pretend like whatever that person's saying is the coolest thing in the world, or if they're trying to pass on knowledge, like my eyes are big, I'm like yes, like they can just read but that you I'm do that ready to like accept. Being genuinely interested in what they say. I don't know, because the way I do it, I actually like trick myself, if you want to call it that, into being genuinely I can't. interested. Listen, it's like if like if you said something and I wasn't genuine, this is why I'm friends with you because you genuinely are interesting to me. But like if somebody's saying something to me that genuinely is not interesting, or I don't like it, or I don't, I I, I don't know how to shut it off. Like my eyes will tell you, like we're done here. Like you've lost me, right? And hmm. I think, and then what happens? Then I just, my goal now is to annoy you, right? Like, 
I'm not sure if you've noticed through like middle school or high school, not middle school, like high school, that I was that guy. Like I found enjoyment out of annoying people. So like I could I couldn't turn it off. So like if I I couldn't do that. That's a that's a skill. Like you should probably like audition for some shit. No, like I a- the the thing is is like you know uh, when I was when I was in like high school for example, I would go my, right across the street from Reynolds High School was a retirement home. It was specifically for people who had like dementia or, or you know they needed yeah. special attention. My grandfather was in there, and so I would go in there and. I we would sit, you know, in the living room area and there'd be, you know, several people who were just sitting by themselves. And I would instantly feel in my head like I sh- I I I feel bad for them. It's it's rooted in that like I feel bad for you. And so I would make an effort to like talk to them and try to hear their story because everybody everybody literally everybody has bottled up stories and and things that they want to get out. Oh yeah. And Half the time that you even get that opportunity, it's a letdown. Yeah, you know, think about it like, um, like you're gonna have a party, and it's or it's your birthday. Even better, it's your birthday, and then you ha- now you have the stage, and then the opportunity's there, and you say something like, uh, you know, oh, I just, um, I just did a podcast. You know, it's so awesome. You know, and you you're excited about it. You know, and then when you when you say it to the to your listeners. It always feels kind of like a letdown, like because they're not obviously going to be as excited about it as you are. Yeah. So it, it instantly kind of lets you down a little bit. It's kind of like when you show um, somebody a favorite movie, and you're like, "God, this was my favorite movie as a kid." You, I can't wait till you watch it, and you'll watch it with them and keep looking over at their face to see, see like what their reaction might I be. Had to, I, I didn't even realize I was doing this because I did it with music. When you hear a song, like I send music to you all the time, and it's like. You have somebody listen to something, but then you sit there and like, what's their reaction? Are they connecting yeah. with it? I don't think it's like, I've learned not to do it because it's like, it's all about timing and uh, how do you say location? Because if you're like, if I'm going to tell you like, oh, you should really watch this movie, but you can't watch this movie right now, or if this is, you're not in the mood to watch that type of movie. Like you're like, I want to watch a comedy, but the movie I want to show you is like a drama. Yeah. Like it's all like, it's hard to get that person in that state of mind when you're trying to share. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. If 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 it was say, let's use that same example, you know, the movie you want to show me is a comedy, and or excuse me, a drama, and we both want to see a comedy. I'm probably gonna be honest with you, man. Like, yeah, I'm sorry, bro. I kind of want to see a comedy tonight, so I'm not gonna go that far. Yeah. But 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 what I was getting at is 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 that, you know, I'll be the guy who, when you're looking over at me to see my reaction, I'll feed, I'll I'll catch that, and I'll be like, <laughs> damn, dude, this is good. I fucking this is dope. Like I'll, I'll feed it. I'm not going to be like sarcastic about it. So you're like, are you for being real right now? Or did I? no, I'll, I'll, I, like I said, I almost tricked myself into liking it more because you like it so much. Yeah. Same thing with a story. Like if, if, uh, I, like I said, when, when I was at my grandfather's retirement home, there'd be a guy telling me about like a funny story about when he was a kid. And I was like, no kidding. That's, that's crazy. Like, so then what'd you do? Yeah. And I actually like pried it out of him. And he's like, Oh yeah! Then I did this, and and you can see them genuinely get happy. Like up. somebody fucking cares. Nobody's talked to me about this stuff in years, and and now this guy wants to know more. This is awesome. They want an audience, and so going back to like um, when I give you these things, I get joy of seeing other. It's also rooted in like I get joy seeing other people get joy. 
Gift so, giving is your love so, language. Oh, I fucking love it. And so, so when I, when well, yes and no, because love language is what what works best for me. I don't need gifts. I like giving gifts. But yes, um, when I see when I give you an album and I see how excited you're, like, uh, uh like, uh, um. Uh, the Silver Bullet Band. When when I give I you Bob Seger, when I give you Bob Seger, little kid at Christmas, bro. and you're like you're like, whoa, that 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 five seconds right there just made it worth it to give you that. Yeah, because you always kiss me by surprise. I'm never expecting anything. I'm the type of person that I don't expect anybody to do anything for me all the t- at all, right? So like when you surprise me with something, you're like, oh, I can't. I'm like, what? I didn't even see this coming. But see, see, but here, so this goes in another thing. You know, my whole philosophy is is like. Um, okay, it, it kind of is linked with, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, um, What We Do in the Shadows, if you've seen that, oh, the, the, the TV so show. Okay, yeah. I'm like um, an energy vampire, so to speak. <laughs> but my but my energy is literally seeing other people get excited about something and, and getting happy makes me happy. A thousand percent, you know? You're the opposite of Colin Robinson. Yeah, I'm the opposite of Colin Robinson. Yeah, I don't try to <laughs> bore people. I try, yeah, I, I feed off them and, and their, their, their happiness. And so... You know, and that's not in every situation, but in general, I, anyways, I, I think that's the, one of the best things you can do in life is, is, is listen, uh, and, like, listen, listen to other and people. show other people that you genuinely are interested in what they want, that you want to hear what they have to say. Because imagine like most, I can only imagine uh, an elderly person, somebody in their seventies, eighties, and obviously this generation's different people don't like people aren't accustomed to sitting and listening for long periods of time people's attention spans are so short yeah right? so it's like when somebody actually genuinely shows interest i can only imagine how like they're like fuck out of nowhere like this is a surprise like their grandkids probably come in and probably have no interest in talking about what the things they well, want to talk about you know it's even like my dad my dad is a huge huge postcard collector like what i am with records my dad is with history and when I say that, I mean like a good example. And I use this for every every time I ever bring up this, this conversation. My dad, a good example, is um, he's so good with history and postcards. First off, we used to play a game where you would spin the globe and drop your finger on it, and wherever it would land, he would know that country. He would know the capital. Like he knows geography. He's like a history. Amazing. Oh, yeah. like a, geography. Yeah. But he, he knows history too. Then he'll start telling you about some history of that country or whatever. How cool is that? So so a good example is with postcards, for example. I mean, he has postcards from like when the Zeppelin went down. He has ones from famous train robberies where they blew up the train. This and might the, be a stupid question, but are postcards international? Oh, fuck yeah. yeah so yeah, they're yeah. not just what? exclusive to the United States. No, 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 no. The, okay. He has he has his he has postcards from like uh when German soldiers were in China or, you know, did it out, you know, years and years and years That's ago. So cool. Yeah. I mean, like conversation to like small bases that were occupied by a certain country. And da, da. but the example for the third time going back to that is that he, there was a postcard that he we were at a rec, uh, postcard show. And he was flipping through a stack. And then all of a sudden he stops at this one. He's like, oh, my God. Like, like he, you could tell he got a rager. Like he got a rager right when he saw this card. <laughs> and he's like, oh, oh, and he. Went over there and gave him like five dollars. I think he said it was what, what it was, and um, he shows it to me. And he's like, "This is a rare card. Oh my god!" And I was like, "Fool!" I look at it and it's just it's literally a desert, and then there's a tiny post office building, and uh, that that was it. That was all the postcard was. It was but he's a got desert like a raging and, and a fucking thing. and it was a post office and you there was a there's a name on the post office. I don't remember what it was, and that was it. That was all that was on the postcard. And in the back, it was addressed to somebody, and. uh 
They're called face cards, just in case you you care. With, okay. With it has a real real image on the back, uh, or whatever. And so, turns out this post office, I think, it was in Arizona. It was it was actually uh, uh, the start of this town, and there was this huge famous fire that ended up. That, that was first. It was the post office. Then they built the town, and then this post office caught on fire, and it caught the rest of the town on fire. And then the whole town ended up having to rebuild and rebuild the post office. And when they did that, they decided to change the name of the town to something to what it currently is. Yeah. And uh, this was an original picture, real picture of the original post office of the original town. So this survived a fire? Is that what? Uh, well, it must have gotten mailed. It got oh, okay. mailed, you know, when they started building the town. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, so it wasn't in the fire. But the point is, is that it was like, Again, when you look at this, it's literally a picture of a fucking post office building in a town. <laughs> Black and white, real image, and that's it. But your dad has and, a story behind and it. He sold it for like $1,300. What? How dope. To somebody who is an avid collector from that area and gets a rager for Arizona postcards. I don't fucking know. That's so cool. But, I forget about the postcard game. Dude, I mean, anyways, the point is is that like he he knows he knows crazy shit like that it, and it's such a dying brain i don't remember how we started talking about post postcards but it, it's it's i mean it's uh it's it's pretty insane the the uh the level of knowledge he has about history yeah and your dad still does this like he still it's like this is gonna be like this is his thing like he still continually collects he hasn't stopped no no and yeah i mean he still buys and sells i mean postcard game is still fucking strong which is what's crazy to me yeah i mean it's 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 uh it's actually fucking lucrative too. I mean, it's not like uh, you know, five dollars here, five. I mean, there's people putting out big money. Oh, that's cool. thousands of dollars. I mean, of course, it's a piece of history. But so, do you feel like your dad's collection of postcards and like how he feels about it is like kind of transferred over to you and your love for vinyl? Like, yeah, I think that was what my my whole point of all this was. I can't remember now. I'm two beers in. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're kind of like where we yeah, we're losing See, track of this. This, we... this is why my podcast needs fucking bullet points. But it's because I'm gonna. <laughs> but I'm sitting here talking. We're talking to we're friends talking to each other. Yeah. We lose points. It doesn't fucking matter. But no, I mean that's that's totally why I'm I'm probably so fucking diehard about records. Oh, well, maybe this is what I was trying to talk about. But like, my dad's love for that. When he tries to like tell me this kind of stuff, I think this is what I was trying to get at. He has all this excitement about like, guys, I found this and this and this. And nobody really, the average person person is going to be like, cool. Like, I've I don't give a fuck. I've never met one person that's even mentioned postcards. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. So there's really, you got to think, especially with a hobby like that, there's, there's a limited amount of people that are going to want to hear it. At yep. least with you with podcasting, you could say, hey, I just started a podcast. And maybe somebody in the room is like, I got a podcast. That's dope. Like, I know how it is. Postcard collecting, it's a dime a dozen. I mean, like you, you will not find too many people that are like, "Oh, you're into postcards too." I wonder what, what like, if they, there are people of a younger generation, like our age or younger, collecting postcards. Believe That's it or not, thing. when I went to one of these shows locally for him to pick up a stack of cards from some guy who he, because he, my dad used to be from here, you go to these shows, uh, and it's such a tight niche community that, uh, you know, the guys that were dealing twenty years ago are still dealing, and they all know each other. So, anyways, this dealer he's known for 20 years had some stuff for him, so I went and picked it up. When I went there, it was at the old dog track. Uh, not not in Wood Village, but in downtown Portland. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And so, when I was in there, 
there was people of all age. I was sh- fucking shocked. Like, I don't know if maybe it's becoming like a new generation thing. Like, could be. Yeah, these new kids are like, do they I make want new a postcards? piece of postcards? Still a thing? No, no, nobody collects new postcards. It's but all do they make new historical postcards? ones. Well, you, yeah. What are you talking about? I've never, what, what's Have a you postcard? ever gone to a gift shop? Anywhere? I've never bought somebody wants a gift postcard. I've never. You've like, never gone to the airport and found an Oregon postcard. That's what that is. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a like, postcard. When I see, it, I'm thinking like this is something I'm going to give to somebody to put in a frame or just hang up. I didn't know that. You was... go to go to uh, Fred Myers, and I'm sure they have postcards. Uh-huh. That makes sense, but I've just never sent anybody a postcard, so I never knew that's like the point of buying yeah. that at the airport. Was no, but the 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 point of the older ones are because, for example, my dad has ones of the soldiers. In world in World War One, or have from ones that, like written like written messages. He has people? one from the Civil War. He, I mean, sad. he has one from Oregon, territorial Oregon, and whatnot. But I wow. mean, he has one from like uh, he has one from like the Civil War. He's got like lost messages of history. Well, where where a guy's like, hey, we just did this. I'm so cold and sad and da da da, and like, or we just took over this. But and it, and, and even just their words are an account for a historical event. Like there's a there's a postcard from somebody where they're like, I just saw the fucking Zeppelin go down today. Uh, it it you know it looked like this. Da, da, da. It's just another account for a historical event, and it's That's, priceless. Yes, it, because you can't put a price on that. That's what's crazy about the postcard game, is that you really can't put a a fair price or not a, not a fair. You can't really put an accurate price on. There's not like a it's not like albums where you could say, oh, they put this many pressings out, so it's worth this. Da da da. Yeah. It's a historical event, so what's that worth to you? It's worth whatever amount is to the individual who wants exactly. it for that. There like, might be they somebody... have a tie to that part of or region or family member that was written in the postcard, and they want it. Well, there's somebody who's a huge historian who loves Zeppelins, and therefore anything having to do with Zeppelins they want. Yeah. And so, you know, that they're willing to buy it for an insane... And, but here's, here's where it gets interesting. There's not just one of those. There's probably... 20 of those guys really there's probably hundreds but let's just say there's 20 guys who are actively searching uh zeppelin postcards because they're huge fanatics for zeppelins yeah or whatever and so therefore all 20 of those guys are like i want this fucking card in my collection and so maybe it's really worth ten dollars but because he wants it and now he wants it and now he wants it it sells for 120 yeah you know and and that's where it's that's where the value is, is people, those collectors want that shit. Hell yeah, dude. But, but to steer this back full circle is, is my, again, my dad, that's his fucking passion. So when he talks to me about it, like I, of course, I'm not super interested, which I think probably obviously disappoints him because he's got thousands upon thousands of dollars in postcards that his kid has no idea well, what it's worth. I'm sure he understands. But I I when he tells me about it, again, it's not that I, I'm really truly lying. It's that like I, I can trick my brain into saying like, well, not only is it your dad, but he is so passionate about something that I'm now passionate about it. And I started that a long time ago. So when you're telling me about your podcast, when I sound interested, I genuinely am like, that's fucking awesome. Tell me about it. Yeah. And the, and again and then again the, the the side effect from that or the the benefit from that is seeing how happy and thrilled you are to have somebody that cares to hear it makes me now care and it makes me happy to see exactly. you that happy you know and and so 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good skill that if anybody can pick up, because it's the, the one thing. So I don't know. You know, I I just turned thirty one yesterday. Oh, and, I was gonna ask yeah. you because I knew it was your birthday. I said happy just, birthday to you. Just, I didn't know how old you were. Oh, I didn't yeah, know if you were turning thirty. Thirty one, man. Thirty one. How do you feel being thirty one? You know, well, tied in with what I was just talking about. You know, it's one of the things. One of the things I realize. I'm not gonna say you realize. Like I fucking I'm a philosopher or something. I know. Um that I realize as I get older, doesn't matter if I was 18 turning 19 or, you know, 21 turning 22, whatever. It, you know, I realize this throughout aging is that you always have this mindset of like the way the world works or like, again, you're trying to be philosophical, like um, um, life lessons that you try to live by. Mm-hmm. And then you gra- you hold on to those and that's who you are, right? Like this is the kind of person I am. And then, if hopefully if you're aging properly, mentally, you start realizing, like, you either make adjustments to that and fine-tune it, or you completely 180, or not maybe 180, but completely change from yeah. that mindset. You know, so little things like I, that I've tweaked, like, for example, my 20s can be summed up, I would say actually like my late teen, 16 until mid-20s. Okay, that, that, that you know, 10-year decade range right there. It could be summed up with do it for the story. When I was in the Navy. Oh, dude, I, saying, I could tell from, I would say, towards high school, toward like our end of high school, you were that's ending a part of your life. I could tell you rapidly wanted to wrap this up, get done with high school, move on to bigger and better things, right? You had this like urgency and optimism of like, I need to go m- make some shit happen. You didn't well, get that a lot from like people I hung out with, right? Because people I want hung out with wanted to stay in high school and live that kind of. Like, well, that's life that's forever. another thing. That, I mean, that's another thing. That's a whole other story. That, I mean, that's who I am still. Is is I always want to just keep growing. You know, my my whole thing is I always said I wanted to keep moving upward and forward. You know, you you want to progress forward and acknowledge what's behind you, but you want to keep looking forward. But I've always wanted to move upward. So, for example, if I when I was getting out of the Navy, okay. I moved into like a duplex where I was a renter. And then I told myself, okay, well, so now I went from somebody else basically taking care of me, which was the Navy, slash before that was my parents. Yeah. To actually, no, actually, that's a good example. When I was with my parents, I was getting taken care of. And then right after high school, I moved out basically immediately. I like, I'm lucky that my parents have rentals. So I moved into a rental and started paying my share. And so then when I went from that, being on my own and taking care of myself, to now I'm in the military and somebody's taking care of me, it did kind of feel a little bit like a step down. But my point is, is like when I was, when I was, um, when I do anything, like, um, like let's say I get a promotion at work and, uh, you know, you, 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 you gain some ground and then let's say you get fired. And then your next job is actually like a step down from that. Like I remember when I was a maintenance tech three at one job, okay, because they have a different grading system or whatever you want to call it, level system. Mm -hmm. When I got hired at my next job, they're like, yeah, we're not going to hire you as a three. We'll hire you as a two. In my brain, because that's moving forward, I'm getting another job that gives me more opportunity. I'm actually not moving upward in my brain because now I'm a level two. I got stepped down. You know, and so my whole philosophy is to again keep moving upward and forward. Yeah. You know, and so um, 
but uh what, what was the original question fuck i can't remember now oh god i'm not too sure i mean like because you were i was saying that like you know i could tell that when you oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, so 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 yeah that was in high school that but um okay no no but what i was originally talking about is doing it for the story like my yeah, my yeah. my teen middle of my teenage years to like my mid-20s was i want to do things for the story meaning like um you know like uh I want to be able to brag about it at a party, essentially. Yeah. Like, I want a girl to be like, so tell me what, what you've done. You know, what what what's your career? What's your status or whatever? You know, what have you seen? And so I would do, especially because towards my mid-20s, getting closer to our high school reunion, I mentioned this on an older podcast, I really wanted to fucking just say, like, I was a class clown and fucking look at me now kind of thing. Like, I've done a lot. and then you start to realize as you age, like people That's... really don't give a fuck. Like they really, unless they're your family, like your brother, like a brother, like like a close friend, or significant other, or significant other, or a family member. Really, people don't really care too much. I mean, they'll be interested, but they're not really going to care. Oh yeah, like a family. And so it all goes back to that, like your feeling of let down. Like like you're watching a movie with somebody, and then you see that they're they're not really as excited about that scene in the movie that you were. And so then you're kind of like, Oh yeah, you're let down. So I started as uh, turning 31. I started changing that over time to like, instead of doing it for the story, meaning like for somebody else to hear, you start, you kind of tweak that into like, well, I'm doing it for my story for like for my own, you know, mental progression. Like I'm doing it so I can look back on my life when I'm 70 or 80 or however, and I can remember those good times. Yeah. So you do it for your own story, for yourself, you know, not necessarily for the purpose of sharing. Exactly. And then, uh, you know, little life lessons like that as you start, as I've started to get older, I've started fine-tuning little things to to kind of be more like I'm doing this for my hot, for my happiness you know, or those who I care about. Exactly. You know? No, dude, I totally, I totally get that. I mean, like I recently just turned 30 earlier on this year and that comes with its own, you know, set of like evaluations. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm 30 years old. I, I'm married. I have two kids. I'm a fan. I'm a family guy now. You know, I'm a family man. And then, you know, obviously with it, like the recent tragedy that hit my life, like your brain, like asthma, I'm like processing like, Oh, okay. You know, I'm, doing okay you start to like build up a tally of successes and you think it's like this is just the first 30 years of our life and we're like what have we done in the first 30 years of my life our lives right yeah and so i'm thinking like oh you know i got a decently good job didn't require a lot of effort but it's enough to provide for my family and i got two beautiful kids and then uh i start to accept this part of my life of like I'm 30 years old and I've done things that I've wanted to do to the most part. Right. Or like kind of living with the, like, Oh, I'll go do that. I'll go travel to that place eventually. Right. Yeah. Or go do this. Or like, I'll, I have time to do these things. Then what happens happens, you know, when, when I lost my mom and all that changed, like it's weird when like that, where you thought where you would be at 30 years old and you're like, Oh, this is what I want to do. And like this, is how I treat people. This is kind of how I want to conversate the stories I want to tell people and how I want to live my life. And like now it's like my brain is trying to wrap around a whole different problem. 
and it's actually really hard. It's like I I can wake up each day and be optimistic and like I normally would, right? But then instead of like thinking like I want to do this for me, like I'm going to go I want to go buy myself something. I want to go do this. I lost a lot of interest in that. Like like my brain switched to like okay, now I feel like everything has more stakes. You ever think about that? Like now it's like if I am only going to be hanging out with my dad for an hour instead of thinking like, Oh, well I'm sure I'll see him Saturday. I'm like, okay, I'm going to enjoy the shit out of this hour. Yeah. You know, even if we're just bullshitting and these are fucking sitting there chain smoking, like watching street outlaws or something. I'm like, I'm going to enjoy this. hour. I'm just going to be in it. And that's one thing I've, I learned how to do really quickly that I couldn't do in the first 30 years of my life. is just be in the moment. Right. Yeah. And there's a pro and con I've noticed about being in the moment. Right. Because you feel things more deeply on both sides. You can experience the joy a lot more in-depthly, but you can also experience the pain a lot more in-depthly. So, like, it's like it's like once I turn 30 and this happens, now I'm like, oh, I got a whole different experience of life. Like, I got, tra- like, something I'm dealing with emotionally. But also, I'm, I feel like I, I can feel things that I wasn't able to feel in my 20s because I just never thought about it. Yeah. You know, everything like just sitting here with you means a lot more to me than it did prior to like that accident happened or that, that tragedy happening. Yeah. So it's like, and, and I felt like the timing of everything, like, I'm surprised I didn't come out of that with like some twisted shit. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm 30 years old losing a parent. And then now my brain is wrapping around this whole other experience and, and it's good. It's also bad, but I'm, I feel like what's going to happen in the next two years? Like, how am I going to be, what am I going to be thinking about when I'm 31? You know, like shit, like I turned 31 in February and like, just think like how far you've come since you. Well, don't make it sound like we're that far apart. I mean, you're only a few months. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like, (laughs) I'm saying like where we've come from, like, oh, you thought that way. About like, oh, I, I want to tell these stories. I can't wait till the high school reunion until something happens. I can tell my story. Then you realize most people don't give a shit. They just want to tell their story. They want the same thing that you wanted, but everybody's not getting the reaction that they want. Right. And I felt like that was kind of good that that happened, like that you had that experience because it really showed you kind of put you in a different direction of where you're like, okay, like I still want to keep going on these adventures, but now you in like they're more attached to you and other people. Like, yeah. I feel like it's like me not wanting to share my whole life on social media, especially everything that's been going on. Like when, when my mom passed, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to be that person that's sitting there on Facebook and writing long paragraphs about my mom. Right. Cause I'm like, who's that for? I knew yeah. my mom. I knew who she was. I loved my mom. I, I don't need to display that emotion and write it out into a paragraph to the rest of the world so they can understand how I'm feeling. That makes no sense. So like, but then I'm also on this venture of this podcast where for me to get better at this podcast and promote this podcast, I got to put myself out there more, but I'm like, how do I do that? Well, okay. Well, first off to all those defenses, you know, it, you know, you did put out what how you felt, for example, on your podcast, for example. That was your method that was of, my expression. of venting. Yeah. The people who put out their stuff on, on Facebook, it's no different than what you did. You still put it out there. And and that's great. 
I mean, everybody needs a, a, an outlet to, to, to vent, you know, but going real quick, going back, you're talking about, you know, the da- ups and downs of being in the moment. Every, the biggest thing about, about how I feel about getting older is, is it, what really came into perspective for me is, is really living in the moment. Yeah. And it, obviously it's easier said than done because it's really hard. I mean, fuck, I mean, you have a deadline to meet for a job or whatever. You're going to be thinking about that constantly. There's so many externals. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you fucked up on a test, you're going to be thinking that until you get the results, you know, so on. I mean, you're always going to be thinking about the past or the present. It's not going to, it's not going to stop. But if you do do like, um, well, therapy, but if you do also do um, meditation, I have meditation. meditation more. All you're ever going to hear is living in the moment, taking it moment at a time. You know, for example, if I'm sitting and doing this podcast, I'm having a great time, right? I am having a great time. You know, a lot of, you know, you might, you might sit here and think about like, man, I'm having such a good time. It's probably going to end here soon. Probably it's going to end soon. I, I, I know the clock's ticking and then I'm going to have to, wait a week or two before I could do it again. And now it starts to be less enjoyable, Mm -hmm. you know? And so instead you should try to work on living more in the moment. And yes, you will feel those sad thoughts more, but that's a good thing. Yeah. Because actually bottling those things up is actually in the long run going to make it worse. Especially if you're a person who has, um, like habits that help kind of numb the pain. Like for example, if you drink alcohol, if you uh, smoke, you smoke yeah, weed. That's what I'm saying. And through this whole you, process, I quit smoking cigarettes. So it's like, oh, I'm dealing with these emotions in a completely di- raw, different way that I'm usually not. But, I'm so uncomfortable. When I was going through my hard times, I also was trying to eliminate stuff because I thought maybe that would help. Yeah, which it did in the long run. But it also made it ten times harder to fucking quit. Yeah, because it's it's like everybody needs like that dirty pleasure. Everybody needs that vice. That vice. Oh yeah, but everybody needs. It's not like what you see on the old dare ads where replace cigarettes with candy or or, or you know what a hug. Yeah. Instead of <laughs> drugs, give hugs. Fuck that. It does not the same. It you need a dirty vice, you know and. For in your case, for example, though, is is um these these tough moments where it's like it is hard to live in the moment. Allowing yourself to let that out, it really is gonna it be more beneficial in the long run. Oh, for sure. Instead of letting it boil inside of you and da, da, da. and and then going back to what we were talking about earlier, as far as like you know um, talking, you know, and uh, being more mindful of the moment. And be more appreciative of your of the moments you get with people or yeah. in situations and so on. Again, living in the moment more. You know, it's 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 so beneficial. Like for example, like I just said about my dad. You know, by kind of overdoing it with like how excited I am to hear, and then seeing him happy. If something were to happen to him. I now can feel better about our time spent exactly. together because I kind of somewhat fudged how excited I really was just to see how excited he was. And because I love him, I was then excited. And then did it. so that's what I'm saying. It's not really like lying. It's, it's kind of like a magic trick of the brain. And so when the, these moments that we, with you have with your dad, for example, you know, maybe they're not much, you know, in the moment and you're kind of like, whatever, you know, it ultimately might end up being 
uh, you know, more beneficial in the end if something were to happen oh, to them. Oh, dude, and I mean, it's, you know, with this, like, what happened, you know, my dad lost his wife. My dad went from, like, me and him just casually talking to him, calling me, and be like, hey, what are you doing? Didn't do that before. You want to come over and watch the Blazer game? Hang out? So, like, something negative is, like, turning, kind of, like, showing everybody involved. Kind of like, hey, not take others for granted. Yeah. It's not, nobody's here. I mean, whenever, whenever I would, since I was a kid, whenever I would like, uh, like leave my parents' house or something, I would always say, love you. Yeah. I would always say that. I think I'm a little bit bad with it now because I even make my kids do it where I'm like, I love you guys. I'll be at my brother's book. Love you, Mark. See you later, Erica. It gets excessive. Give Uncle Mark a hug. Give Aunt Erica a hug. It can get excessive. Because of the 15-minute process of hugs. Yeah, or if you're, it, but it's also the same thing with like high school, where if you're like, love you, what'd you just say? Okay, yeah, love you. Yeah, 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 okay, 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 anyways, bye, love you. And you say it like five times, it, it can get, it can get fucking annoying. Yeah. It, it gets over excessive. It's but, funny when you get older too, when you think like, you know, early on relationships, that's something you want to hear. Like, you, like even how like somebody write, I remember when me and my wife would text each other, if she said, love you, instead of, I love you. Mm. That bothered me. I was like, "Can't you just write the I?" I used to get shit for that too. Like, and I, right. like, and I, I never did. I was so on top. I was so just like, like it. I thought of it making a huge difference. Like she meant less. She loved me less by saying "love you" instead of "I love you." Doesn't make any sense. That's just how some people communicate. But then now it's like, I don't really care because I know it's like I know she loves me. She didn't love me. She wanted to be with me. Like, yeah. I'm, it's, it's well, not, and that's all part of that's all part of what we were just saying earlier about growing, getting older. Is that those little things start becoming clearer in your brain? Little things that used to bother you start kind of fading away. Some of the anxieties and the fears that you used to have, they might still be there, but they're more manageable. Where you have a better toolkit to touch, kind of get through them, you know. And all these life lessons, you know, these things that you used to kind of take for granted, or the things that you might think are the most important things, for example. Yeah, you start to kind of see them more shifting, mm-hmm. you know, and if you're aging properly, you know, I mean. I feel like I'm slightly stunted, at least for the time being. Well, there's. there's it's a, weird. I've been in like a weird spot. Like, I, I really feel like I'm very fortunate to have the podcast, to have my friends. Like, like it's weird, like where the last couple months I went from like kind of just like being I'm, I'm working, being the dad, being the husband, me and my wife became really good friends and we are really good friends, but like we had each other. We didn't have a lot of friends. Yeah. Right. And then it's like, maybe, and maybe I did this subconsciously, you know, but like all of a sudden people start asking me how I'm doing start like, like, Hey, we should hang out sometime. Like people start like getting involved in my life that I, like without me asking, which is yeah. very odd. Like all of a sudden you show up and me and you developed a good friendship. Yeah. Like, and it was very natural. It was not forced. And it's like, this just happens out of nowhere. And and that's like, and not trying to go on this rant about how great life is, because it really shows you how random and beautiful situations in life are, where just like all of a sudden, good things just start happening. Right? Because all of a sudden they can stop too. But it really shows you to stop, appreciate who's around you, who you have in your life, and everything that's been given to you. Yeah. Like and like and the fact that we're here still and life's not guaranteed, we might not be here tomorrow. But it's a gift, man. It's a I, gift. I do I do want to say one last one one more thing though with that is that as far as getting older, you know, I'm not trying to stand on soapbox here, but I, I, I truly wholeheartedly believe in this. Of course, I don't like fucking getting older. Nobody, Nobody likes does. getting older to an extent. 
I mean, there, do you feel different physically? Like, is your body a little bit more broken down than it was? Well, dude, for for a while, I've been more, you know, I do more dad grunts, like, ugh, you know, when I'm getting up. But, I mean, I've, I've been doing that for years in my 20s. Yeah. But the, the, the thing that I've always felt, this is real talk. Like, this is one of the biggest things I could tell somebody who who's listening in, like, or aging and concerned with it. I've talked to so many people who are like, oh, my God, I'm turning 30. Oh, my God, I'm turning 25 or whatever. The 25 said, one blows my mind. The, the, thing, the thing to me, the reason why I think people feel that way is because they're not happy with what they've achieved by that, by that certain age. And, it, and that standard is set by you. So it's whatever in your brain you wanted to achieve by 25 or by 30 or that's, 40 that's or 50. Exactly true. You know, and so, so, for example, when I turned 25, I said I wanted this, 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 this. And I did it. And, and 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 I exceeded that because I got to do things I never would have thought I could do, and because of that, when I turned twenty five, I was cool with it. I you was like, like Fuck "Oh man, yeah. I feel so old at twenty five. When I turned thirty, I looked. I, I thought of things like, for example, I mean, I did get petty. I looked at things like, what's the average income of a thirty year old? I did look at things well, like, um, how many people own a house at thirty? I, I I looked at the petty shit like that, and I was happy about that. But then I looked at things like, um. Uh, I looked at things like, you know, like, what did I want? I wanted to travel the world. I've truck and traveled the world. You know, I wanted stories. I got stories. I got, I wanted friends. I got friends. I, I da, 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 da. And so, yeah, it sucks ultimately being in your 30s, but it wasn't that bad because I've done what I wanted to do by 30. Yeah. Well, I've done more than the average person who's 30 has done. You know what that means? That means you set goals and you accomplish those goals. Yeah. I mean, to an extent, but I also, I've always set myself up. To to uh, for like what if this happens? What if this happens? Like a like a chess game. Very prepared. And uh, granted, do I did I always was I always correct? Fuck no, I wasn't. You know, I've I've definitely made a lot of stupid mistakes, but you know, ultimately, like I said, I I've I did set goals, and whether I did them on my own or I got lucky, I don't know. A little bit of both. But you I feel know, like and, luck it, luck is a part of it, but it's all mainly you. But I will say this. On the topic of getting to be 30, 31, it isn't being 30 or 31 that makes me feel old or even the grunts or even, you know, whatever it might be. It's, to me, honestly, it is it is moments where I, I'll meet somebody. This just happened to me. I went to the dental office, okay, to, for my teeth. And uh, I was sitting there, and there's two nurses. There's one in training, and then a, a, a guy and a girl who was actually cleaning my teeth and whatnot, checking them out. And she was talking to me about, um, you know, making small talk. She was talking about how she, uh, you know, finished college, and uh, she, you know, uh, likes to snowboard. She has a kid. Her kid's about to be in kindergarten and all this shit. And, and, and just looking at her with the mask and same with this kid, he looked like he was two years younger than, than her. And she, I would have guessed was 30 because she has a kid in kindergarten. She has a bachelor's. She fucking, you know, talks about all this mature, mature adult stuff. Right. <laughs> and then we got onto the topic of snowboarding. And I, you know, and we were making small talk about that. And then she's like, "Yeah, I'm just bummed that you know, all of a sudden now I have to pay twice as much now for my season pass." And I was like, "I thought that happened at like 25. Isn't that isn't that when it changes to like the full adult prices?" She's like, "Yeah, I just turned 25 this year." 
And I remember thinking like, what the fuck? I could have sworn she was like 30, 30. She has a kinder, kindergarten, all that stuff. Yeah. I could have sworn she was my age. And yeah, here she is six years younger than me. And this kid, he was like, oh yeah, I'm 22. I'm nine years older than this fucking kid. And I could have sworn that we would have gone to school together. Yeah. That's the shit that makes me feel old is thinking like I'm the same age as you. Like we act the same. We're having a good time. I mean, as far as like, you know what, you know, talking about snowboarding and I'm, I'm still doing shit like that. Yeah. I'm still fucking, you know, playing basketball and doing all that kind of stuff. Not like I'm saying, yeah, I spend my afternoons playing chess or, you know, backgammon. I'm doing shit. And, and then for this person to be like, yeah, I'm seven or nine years younger than you. Like that just fucking blows my mind. That's the shit that makes me feel old. But the good part of maturing is that like, like, for example, I couldn't watch fucking 18 year old, you know, the 18 year old porn anymore. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I would never, li- I, I can't, I can't watch that tag. I, don't, I mean, my, my little sister's 20. She's about to be 21 this month. Yeah. Maybe that's part of it is because I think it does. It's like so seeing like younger. a 40 year old man and having a daughter who's like 19. You're like, no, that's like watching porn of the pe- like her friends. Like you can't go back to it. <laughs> but it's, it just it just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I, 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 that's a maturing I, mind. That's that that right there is I remember thinking like, oh, I wouldn't be into this, man. I'm fucking into like the tight like 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 just in general in life, like, like a dating a girl. Like I want this young, you know whatever body now i'm like give me some cellulite yeah give me a little bit of thickness i'll take i'll fuck it my wife's not that way not putting that out there but i mean in general it's like that shit's like cool to me now now i'm at the point where i'm like let's look at the mom what does the mom look like yeah this 18 year old girl's mom show me the mom like i thought that that one like before we had kids i was like because i was like okay what's like i'm not the one that has to birth the child so I, I wondered, like, how is her body going to recover from this? Because I knew, like, when she was pregnant with Leave, her first son, she had the stretch marks already. So I knew that yeah. was going to be thing. And I didn't know how I was going to respond to it. I'm like, is this going to be? Because I'm thinking about other people's relationships. Yeah. Like, how other people I know, think about now, it was kind of douchey of them to say these things. But, like, they would be like, oh, you know, like, their relationship was a make or break based on how their wife physically recovered from having uh, a baby. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, oh, is that how it's going to be? Because they're like, they're... They they let they're no longer with that person or sexually attracted to them because of that. Yeah. So when my wife had her kids, my mind didn't go there. I I found my wife more attractive. I respected her more. I loved her more. You like it's like you think like all these things matter. And like now when I like look at other women, like what other women I find attractive. Yeah. It's not the young girls. It's it's like it's real women. Yeah. Like real women who you know real women who work hard have a family most of the time can't spend their entire day at the gym to keep a tight bod. We like to think that because famous women who careers are that or celebrities who get like, that's they get paid to lose all that weight. But like when I think of my wife's body, I think of like a perfect body. My my psychology didn't go to where that guy's mind went. Yeah. You know where I'm like, I find my wife very attractive and it just amplified even though her body changed. Yeah. And I, I, it's weird for me to think about like how some men think of that as a negative thing where like when I see my wife's stretch marks or her scars, I'm like, that woman been to war. That woman busted out two of my babies. Her body went through a lot for that. It's like my brain goes through like, that's the ballsiest thing that, that, that should be glorified in women. But see, this, this does go hand in hand with that whole idea. Like I was saying of, of 
being happy with what you've achieved by that age. Because some people, for example, unfortunately, some people might say, oh, I fell in love with my high school sweetheart, but I've really always wanted to have multiple partners. Yeah. And so then the little things of them, like getting stretch marks or getting heavier, you're going to be more critical about maybe because you're not happy with what you've achieved. Yeah, the what ifs are attached to those Same things. thing with like, if you want a kid, all the things that have to come with that kid, like the wife getting stretch marks, the wife gaining weight, being pregnant, maybe you wouldn't be into that if you didn't want those things. But because you do, you're in love with the whole thing, the whole situation. You, emb- you embrace You embrace everything. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, it all goes into your mindset of, I mean, some people get this, the same thing we're talking about now. Like, for example, you're just talking about Oh, you know, how you felt with your wife's pregnancy. I've never experienced that yet. So therefore I can't understand. I haven't matured in that aspect, but some people like my buddy, you know, I mean, he had a kid when he was young, Yeah. you know? And so they, they've, they've matured in those mindsets. That's early. Weird, dude. My sister had her first kid when she was 18, but she was pregnant with him when she was 17. So she's really early. And my sister still looks young. Like, I'm not sure if you've seen a photo of my sister. No. My sister, she's six years old. My sister's 36 years old Mm. with five kids. Wait, six kids. Jesus. So she got, she got, got Emma, who's the youngest, who's slightly older than Leave. She's like four or five. Yeah. Six, five. Then the twins, Brody, Brianna. Jordan, yeah, six kids, right? So when people see her, they're like, are you the older sister? Because, like, my nephew Jordan's like six foot two or three, plays basketball, like, gigantic man and my like my sister has a 17 year old almost adult child and she's crazy still looks like i think i look slightly older than my sister and she's six years older than me so she catches that shit a lot because her husband's like balding like shout out eric you're cool but like he's losing he's age he's an aging man he's an aging fellow yeah he's starting to look like uh what's his face from fraser He's starting to put oh, look, look, he's starting to look yeah. slightly like Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, <laughs> but that's a that's a that's a Gallucci thing. That's part of getting older, man. I, I mean, know I'm losing my hair, but the, the one thing I've noticed too is that I've let my hair grow out, and I've let it get past a certain stage, and it's not nearly as bad as I thought it is. So I'm gonna let my hair grow out, and I'm gonna let my beard grow. I've out. decided I'm, my, I'm growing my hair back out. You long. okay? Let's vow. We vow from this moment forward to grow our. I know, you're gonna go beard too, or you're gonna just go hair. Oh, I have to grow my beard. My wife won't let me shave it. See, see, that's the thing. We have wives that don't give a shit. Like, your wife actually likes it. My wife doesn't even care either way. She doesn't like me with a clean shave because I look weird. I look like yeah. I look like crackhead. I don't think a guy should have a clean shave if he can help it. No, no, no. Like, the no. only thing is she told me just try to keep your mustache out of your mouth. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, she trims mine. She makes, I mean, she 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 actually gets off because she has, a, like, a beard fetish. She gets off she European, on. Though. She European, She's European. Yeah, a, she solid. gets off on trimming my beard and we make a thing out of it. I mean, it's, yeah. She's like... She oh, loves trimming oh, yeah. my beard and my She goes right into the nose and she's like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, she, she likes that a lot. Yeah, you have a very like, nice. You're going to have whatever. a very, like, you have the type of beard, though, that's going to look nice as an old man when it starts to go gray in between. You're just going to fuse Well, see, nice. I'm lucky because I'm, I'm, I'm blondish. That, You'll transition that, like, very well. I guarantee you I have, like, my hairs that are actually probably gray, they just look bleach blonde. And so it kind of fades in. I I know I have gray hairs, but they're kind of faded in, like more like a bleach blonde look. Whereas if I was a true brunette like you, it'd be a lot more. Like I have a buddy who who uh, he has a fucking thick thick head of hair, thick beard, all that. But he has such dark hair that he's in his late twenties and he has just gray everywhere. I'm oh really? Like, oh man. Is it like a good like a faded in combo? Like it looks like it's like touch of gray. 
type or like because I've I've seen some people that grows in grows it, like passion. Yeah, she actually looks pretty good. I mean, he wears it pretty well. Yeah. I mean, it's he. Uh, I mean, I, I I think guys we got it fucking good. We like, do. We when do. we. I mean, we age like wine and girls age like cheese. Or not cheese, uh, what is it? Uh, milk. <laughs> girls age like milk. Dude. You're like, well, we age I was like going to say cheese is good too. I've yeah. never seen such a like, smooth transition. Like, men, <laughs> men age like wine, women <laughs> They age like, like milk. Cheese. Wait, I mean milk. <laughs> they, age like, they age like milk. I mean, but. Not, not all women. Not all. I mean, yeah, in 2021. I'm saying I mean, white women probably age the least gracefully for the most part. In 2021, you can reverse a lot of that. <laughs> But <laughs> thank you, technology. Yeah. But like <laughs> I mean they actually they got they got filters now that can fix all that stuff too on Instagram. They they do, actually. I am so glad I'm not trying to go off on tangent. I am so glad that I'm not dating in today's age. Because remember on MySpace, remember they even made a song about that? Saying you look better on MySpace? Yeah. Where a girl could put like it wasn't even like a filter like it is nowadays. We got very lucky with timing. Yeah. It was all about the angle back then, and then you would see them in person. Anytime a girl shows only neck and a like like a chest and up photos, I don't trust it. Don't trust it. Don't trust it. I know okay. this is like what fifteen years too late of advice. No, no, no. Yeah, but they're... but if a girl is only showing the, I mean, unless you don't care and whatever, but uh, teach his own. But because ninety percent of profile photos or like Instagram photos are full body poses from the gym. Yeah, like every chick's got one. Yeah. So if she's taken from the neck up. Hmm. Yeah. She want to take that full or body. if a friend says that she's a really sweet woman or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> she's super nice. She knows a lot about. You're Doctor gonna love Who. her personality. She loves Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. But no, there's some bomb Harry Potter. There are that. There's a variety that's, that's of women. Different. But no, no. But but the filters nowadays. I mean, if you look at the celeb celebrities and all that. I mean, and then you, with before and after the filters. I actually, I'll, I'll go down YouTube rabbit holes where you'll see these girls, everyday girls. Like before and after a filter, and it's just insane. It is insane. There's filters that purposely make you look fucking you blemish free. Is that when you put apply those filters to men, it looks awkward? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, doesn't yeah, seem yeah. Like, when you're just like, oh, we've been conditioned to think that this is normal for women, but if you do it to men, you're like, this is insane. But this is the shit that doesn't that doesn't make any sense to me. The whole social media thing. Because again, I'm on it, especially with this podcast that I'm doing. Of course, I'm going to be on it now. But I, I my wife helped me with it. I, I have no idea what I'm doing, but she'll she'll do uh, no. I'm not trying to talk shit about you, babe. But I mean, like there'll be there'll be videos where these girls and her have like that fake blemish free filter app when they're like where their eyes have glitter on them and stuff like that, and it's so clearly obviously a fucking filter. That it's like, why are you doing that? But you and they also, do that on purpose. You also got to think too when they're right? recording. For us, things. we 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 live two worlds where we know we don't we don't care that women don't have filters or makeup on, right? But can you imagine the younger generation where that's just normal to them? They have a completely differently conditioned mind to where, like, if they saw a woman without makeup, they would pin or without the filter. They would pinpoint every negative flaw. Their brain would go to picking out those flaws. Well, yeah. For us, it was like the flaw is the filter, right? Yeah. Because we don't want to see that. We don't, we hate being lied to. This yeah. generation's been the younger people. I would say have been conditioned to accept things that aren't true because it fits into the world. For us, we feel like we're being lied to because we know the truth. We lived in the truth. Let Let me say this: If you have to, if you if your buddies say, "Hey, man, show me that show me that girl you're talking to." And you say, okay, and you, it takes you 
scrolls to find a good picture of her. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Where, where you're like, okay, hold on. Let me find a good photo of her. If you have to do that, chances are like she's probably not uh, the best looker. Yeah. I, I could be totally wrong here. Maybe you're trying to find the fucking hottest I think it's one, a subconscious but... thing, too, where people feel like they feel so self, like, self-conscious about it, where they're like, oh, I don't want them to see my girlfriend. Yeah, I get it. Okay, so maybe I'll retract some of that statement. I think they're trying to show you there's... the best version. It's like how we try to send people the best version of ourselves. That's not fucking true. It's like you're they're trying to, maybe not the best ask, version. Okay, maybe they're showing you the one where your tits like pop the most. We're going to end on this. But it's like, Grant, have you, like, have you ever sent a dick pic to somebody before? Oh. Why are you pulling out the heavy hitter questions? Okay, well, right at the, okay <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming that's a possible yes, right? But let's say when you're taking that dick pic, you're trying to find the best angle. You're trying to be, find the best lighting. You're trying to be he, like at least half chub. You're not going for flaccid dick in your dick pic, right? Like there's a preparation. In my for, case, in my case, it's all about the shadows. Yeah, it's about you the shadows. It's about the angle. <laughs> you get the shadows. It's like there's a lot of imagine the thought that you put into sending the perfect dick pic. Right. Yeah. Because that's a very personal thing. You're putting your dick out in the world. Right. And you're like, she might share it with somebody. Oh, this especially is, nowadays. Especially nowadays. It's different. It was different back in 2007, six, whatever. Yeah. Talk about nowadays. Well, nowadays, they could just find a site of somebody else's dick and send it and tell. They're like, oh, if this girl's never going to see my dick, I'll just. It's going to be some gigantic dick from some guy in Sweden or something. You know? Oh. But like, think about that. How much thought and effort you're like, okay, if I'm going to put my dick out in the world, this could be. The most veiny, fucking girthy-looking dick ever, but believable to my size, right? You're gonna be like, oh, no. like me. If I send somebody a dick pic, it's not gonna be 12 inches long. They're gonna be like, this isn't realistic, right? Come on. But like, imagine women just feel that way all the time. Like they're like when they're taking a photo of themselves or selfie or trying to promote themselves. Like they got an OnlyFans or trying to get some more followers on Instagram. They think that in depthly about every photo they take. Where us, it's just like. We don't give a shit as long as their dick looks cool. Yeah, but here's the thing. The difference between a dick pic and those pics is that the dick pic is like a surprise. It's like you've it? been building anticipation. Not anymore, bro. The dick, tic, the dick pic is not a surprise it, it, It's basically kind of like the voice where where you, you, hear, you hear stuff and you don't know if it's truly what you're hearing. And you kind of just want to turn around and see it. And, and, and whereas with girls, I mean, it's... It's clearly out there of what yeah. they got. Like their their boobs. I mean, you're clearly going to see the cleavage that they got. There are adjustment th- apps that you know. There are things that they can do to. Oh, well, we were talking about things. over an app. Yeah, 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 I get that. I'm talking about in person. Finally, like it, displaying it for somebody to see. I mean, it's 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 a lot bigger deal, I would think, than a chick showing off her body. But. Yeah. But but the, the, but that's how we as think far of as it. the self consciousness, I get it. Yeah. I get the self. We think of that like the way how much detail we apply to that is how they apply it to just their face or their hair or how their legs look or the toneness of their ass, like because they have to compare it to every other woman that is big on Instagram or OnlyFans. Like, well, like, I think that the standards that that these celebrities put out are so unrealistic because of these filters because of. Even just having millions of dollars, and they can fucking afford to have all this stuff done. Yeah, you know it's so cause a lot of harm. It's so unrealistic that these people actually get depression from it. I mean, yeah. because they can't live up to those standards. It's a completely unrealistic expectation. Yeah, but Grant, my friend, I yeah, appreciate man. you coming on, giving me a good chat. We talked about lots of stuff. Is there anything you'd like to promote? Uh, sure. I said it at the beginning, but um. Again, my podcast, The Wall of Wax, can be found on Instagram at 
I don't know if I'm going to do a Facebook, but for now it's on Instagram currently. Uh, wall. I don't worry about the Facebook. Yeah, wall period of period wax. Um, and uh, yeah, my first episode comes out November 29th. And uh, yeah, please follow me and you know, and and I uh, hope you uh, listen and enjoy. If you ever have any uh, suggestions on what you'd like to hear, please uh, feel free to shoot me a message. And yeah, I'll I gladly go that route if people got suggestions on what history of artists or you know bands that they like to hear. Oh yeah, I think that'd be a good way for you to look. like if they pick like a band you've never heard of. And you're like, oh, I can do. Oh, definitely, I love that. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it becomes just like you, sh- everybody sharing with each other. Exactly. You know? Yeah, that's exciting. I'd love to it. do something like that. I, I fucking look forward to yeah, it. Yeah, and I, just know if you do give me a suggestion, I'm diving into it head first. Like I will spend hours upon hours upon hours researching that band or that that artist so hopefully i can give a good you know recap or presentation of of that person you're gonna come hard with hard with the knowledge my yeah friend. i because because not only for the podcast i genuinely love it i genuinely love music and history band history i love it see so. and how could you not want to listen to a man talk about what he loves okay we, <laughs> well, i'll just Greg, i'll gladly have you on my podcast you better you, fucking have me on yeah, your podcast i love it i mean I'm going to be the, just I'll so you guys you know, a, just imagine when you guys are listening to this, I'm going to be in the shadows. I'm going to be in the back. Right now, right now, I'm Kurt, before I get suggestions and I go that route, I right now I'm randomly, I decide a genre that I want to go with. And then, because for, for those of you that might not know, my whole room, I have a whole room dedicated to vinyl and, and music. And so I have wall to wall and literally on the walls framed albums. So I'll make a point to go to a genre. I'll pick that prior, maybe try to mix it up and then I'll just randomly scan and just grab a, a random one. So for now, that's kind of the route I'm going, but um, I'll probably pick one out. And if you want to be my guest, then I'll let you know what that I is. I already have an idea of the episode me and you are going to do, and you're going to let me pick it out. Sure. Sure. I'm going to pick up that episode and I think it's going to be good. Yeah. I look forward to it. Sounds great. But you heard it guys. Follow the wall of wax on Instagram, YouTube um, comes out November 29th. Yep. Okay. And uh, yeah, no, same thing. Follow the wild weird on YouTube, Instagram. Definitely uh, follow the wild weird. It's follow the podcast. Follow, you heard it. Listen, tell them again, Grant. Yeah. Wild weird. Tell them again. <laughs> Wild, weird, and wall of wax. Say, say it again. Say it again with the oh, say God. the full words. <laughs> just like, follow the wild, weird on YouTube, Instagram. We're on TikTok. Uh, you know, still trying to put more shit on there. But the wild weird with with Greg Gonsalves. Yeah, that I think that's one way to pronounce my last name because I hear Gonsalves and I hear Gonsalves. Ah, right. So I mean, I hear multiple varieties of my last name. You know how I'm, go, I'm going through life not knowing how to say my own last name. Yeah, it's pretty confusing. <laughs> but. Yeah, Wall of Wax, November 29th, guys. Thank you. Yep. Thanks.